Hey there, everyone. Uh, apologies, but this episode of the podcast, uh, the audio that we recorded was subpar and I didn't want to include it, uh, but I just used the audio from the video instead. Here it is. Welcome, everyone. This Hello. is episode two uh, with my dear friend, uh, Dimitri Dima. You also might know him as the Rubashka Russian dystopian streetwear guy. That's right. That's me. That's you. Um, dude, what have you been working on? So right now I'm working on like a fall and winter clothing line. So like beanies and sweatpants and stuff like that. Getting some stuff trademarked and just I release new designs every month. So it just continue on with that. When was your last? Uh, when was your last drop? It was in September. I re-released some older designs in new colors and some other things as well. I'm not going to be dropping anything in October because I'm working on some bigger stuff for this fall and winter yeah. lineup. I, actually, let's take a couple steps back. Because, yeah. I mean, we, we jumped into your streetwear brand, but I think for anyone who doesn't actively follow your stuff, I mean, you are really active mm. on Instagram and social media. But to anyone who doesn't know what you do, where talk about you starting. Like, what was What was the catalyst for this now business that is your 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 baby so i started like two and a half years ago it was the end of 2016 starting to 2017 and i i this is what happened i wanted to do a brand and i was thinking about it for like a couple months and trying to find a name but there's so many names taken mm. and then i was looking in a dictionary of like obscure english words and one of them was rubashka, and I was like, hey, that's a Russian word. And that just means like shirt, like a button-up shirt. And I was like, that'd be a, a really funny name to go with, just like call it like shirt company. And mm -hmm. it rolls off the tongue. It's a really fun word. And for like an English-speaking audience, they might not know what that means. So I started thinking about that. And then nothing happened for like a month or two, but then... I call it an epiphany, but I woke up and right when I woke up, I saw this gas mask like this like Soviet gas mask that a lot of people you can get on eBay They have them and I looked at it. And I was like, oh, that'd be a cool like concept like, a cool brand idea to make it based off like Cold War theme and stuff like that and it would combine like Russian culture and American culture since they have such a rich history together so that would be like a main basis for the brand mm -hmm. but not everything about the brand, it goes off to other things too, like dystopian and stuff like that, and the end times, like cool themes like that that I like to do. Really uh, fun, cynical, mm -hmm. but also you, you kind of have the flexibility to make fun of stuff, uh -huh. which is really, really interesting, especially in this time where it's, I feel like it's almost kind of hard to make fun of things without some sort of backlash. Mm -hmm. Not in any... PC kind of way, but just it's 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 hard to reinterpret. Yeah. It's hard to kind of think how can I put a spin on this without feeling like you're just plagiarizing or you know just adapting something for for yourself. Yeah, like I released like um so the streetwear brand Supreme they make their box logo hoodies and Owen's wearing one right I now. I am wearing one for all the for all the video listeners. I am wearing the the box logo, but it's not his logo it's the communist hammer and sickle logo. yeah and the reasoning behind that it's not like 
oh, I'm a communist or I support communism. The point of it is Supreme and the whole like kite beast kind of streetwear market is super based on capitalism and like production and buying and like money and it's like all ingrained in that. So I thought it'd be funny to juxtapose like communist flag against that and it'd be yeah. like the ultimate irony. So that's the whole concept behind that hoodie. Well, tell me about your personal skin in the game with this concept because I mean if you've seen the episode of this podcast you can tell you have a very Russian name. Well, my name is Dmitri and I was born in Russia and then my family and I, we immigrated here in 1997. So I wasn't born as a Soviet citizen, but my parents were, so they grew up in that and they experienced that lifestyle and everything. So me doing this brand is, it's kind of funny because my parents, they, they didn't have a lot growing up. They didn't have a lot of clothes and stuff like that. And to sit here and like, an apartment that's twice as big as what they had and what where I was born in it's kind of a blessing and it's kind of cool that I can like have a clothing company mm -hmm. and, and like it's it's awesome like how far it went the, your brand is like every part of your personality kind of wrapped into one mm -hmm. it's 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 it really is your mind child like it's the glove that's fitting on your right hand you know yeah I, I think it, this has been the most fun thing for us because we've been friends for, for quite a while now, because I mean, we went to school together, we did uh, we did design together. Um, I, when did we meet? How like what was? How did we meet each other? We met. We got assigned a like a project where it was like we had to swap work with another person, reinterpret it for like some branding or something. So I got your work and I did stuff that, and you got my work. What what project was that? I can't remember. I think it was in Pablo's class. Yeah. And this I was I was kind of intimidated by Owen to be honest. <laughs> I was like, who the heck is this guy? Like, I don't really know him. But I then, mean, you had already made one. I think you'd already made a Rubashka shirt at that time. Yeah, I was kind of formulating the brand at that time. So because I mean, that's it. It started with one shirt. Yeah. It started it with just it was I think it was like your your list of band bands. That was the second shirt. The, the first shirt, shirt was just the the old logo it's not in use anymore but okay. yeah that that is like the first shirt that like it's the first shirt yeah. but it's also the second shirt i guess yeah. <laughs> i mean that was the first shirt that i felt like you were pushing yeah. out there and you yeah. were like this you know this is the shirt like a new concept yeah which is which was fun the idea of it was that there was a list of musicians and bands that were banned under the communist bloc under mm -hmm. the soviet union um and yet didn't some of them still get to play and drew out some of the largest crowds like ever recorded and I mean like it might have been later on when the Soviet Union was no more but it yeah, was still crazy. American rock music definitely helped play a part in like deconstructing that the Soviet bloc and ending communism and stuff and people would you know crave American culture and which is funny now because Americans crave other cultures like J Japanese culture people really like that here with clothing and with cars and right now I think like the Russian Cyrillic kind of culture and streetwear is pretty big but that's not what I why I do I do because it's literally personal to me yeah I mean dude, it's your story it's yeah. the most fun uh, fun thing well the thing that I like about running my own brand is like no one is in charge of me of how I do it so like every piece I release is kind of, it's personal, but 
people can still relate to it. Mm -hmm. Like, like I make like kind of dystopian themed stuff because I really like that genre of movie and like science fiction stuff like that. And even there's this T-shirt like that says "Peace is our profession." It's and probably my favorite. It's one of my favorite shirts that you put out. Yeah, I love it so much. That shirt is based off of like the Air Force. They had that motto in um, the 1950s and 60s, and it was kind of cool because I was at the the fair, the Linden Fair, in the summer, and I was wearing that shirt. And there was this old guy there, and he understood the reference, and he liked it. So it was cool. Like people of all ages can understand and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get questions. Uh, whenever I wear it because my mom works with a lot of Ukrainian Russian immigrants and whenever I'm wearing a piece of your clothing they they ask like why are you why are you wearing a shirt that says shirt or a hoodie that says shirt he's like do you know what that means I'm like yeah oh I, I I know what it means and it's all all the more funnier whenever I get like a look or approach about it yeah that's the whole point it's like people sometimes need to chill out and not take themselves too seriously so that's why it's really funny, like to name your your shirt, the like clothing company shirt company. <laughs> I I take that one step further with putting yourself out there. I mean, you're you you in some way are one of my bigger influences. I'll be honest, like you you're partially my partially my hero because you you made a single shirt in college in design school and then turned it into a full fledged business that supports you and is your passion. Like you won, you you succeeded. You found happiness in a way of telling your story. And providing a product for other people to buy. Yeah. That's that that it that to me that is like success in a package wrapped up in one. See, that's why I'm really happy to see you doing the podcast, because podcasting is cool. I listen to podcasts and mm -hmm. you can go really far with it. You just have to keep going with it. And I like how like so if you want to do something, this is advice for people and like it's rolling around in the back of your head. You just have to go and do it. Like you're gonna is that, fail. That's what, is that's what you did. That was yes. like your internal. Process. I was really intimidated by it because it's like, oh, I have to run a business. I don't know anything. But every every large business and every large endeavor, it starts with one step. So if we look at a hundred miles, we're like, that's a really far distance. But a hundred miles is made up of one mile. Each of us can cover a mile. Mm -hmm. So you do one step at a time and you'll get to the level you want to be, whether that takes one, two, five, ten, twenty years, however long you take it with you. So I would say to anyone that wants to do like a passion of theirs, you have nothing to lose and this is one of the best times to do it. Like the internet will not discriminate against you. You can be whoever you want to be and just put out content put out your brand, put out your image, and if if it's good and if it has passion in it, people will like it and they'll flock to it. The internet is still so young. And, and I feel like a lot of us younger designers right now are like, there's all these giant brands exist, you know, mm -hmm. all the technology companies, where's the room for new or the small business or my idea? Like, there there is still so much space mm -hmm. between the cracks of these other businesses for you to launch your thing, for you to grow in your skills, for just your idea to exist. Because these ecosystems are so complicated and the internet allows you to like just decrease overhead. I mean, like you said, you just, you're putting down small batches of stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have employees. You don't have people working with you. You just, you just do. And you put out. And if, if, yep. if you're telling 100% of the truth, if you're telling your story mm -hmm. and you think you're providing value, someone else out there is going to find that valuable too. Someone exactly. else there is going to buy into it. And like what you said 
you might think, uh, people might think, oh, there's no room left for me in the game, like on the internet and like with branding, but that's not true because we live in an interesting time where we live in like a, a niche market and a niche economy. So you can literally take your interests, however specific that may be, and you could bring it to the market to anyone that has the same interests and they'll flock to that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it just boils down to marketing and communication. It really does. And so I'm a designer and you're a designer too, like mm -hmm. at heart. But like you said, marketing and communication, when you want to do a business like this, like <coughs> whether it's clothing or selling your artwork online or whatever, I feel like a lot of designers and artists, they get too caught up in their craft. Mm -hmm and they are not paying attention to all the back-end work. So right now, I view this project not as a design project, but as a business. Mm -hmm. So what I'm really focused on is the business and marketing aspect of it. The design aspect is super important, of course, because let's be honest, if it doesn't look good, who's gonna want it, yeah. right? And the quality is important, but if no one is there to see your product like if you don't market to the people and you don't understand the, the business behind it it's kind of futile yeah you'll be wasting your time i mean you'll have a great amount of work but where is it going to go if if what you know if you want it to become a business or whatever it's not going to go anywhere if, unless you understand that side of it yeah I, you have to be holistic in your thinking when you're pitching this idea and and i think that is kind of the flaw of people who are either brand new designers are coming out of school. I mean, even, even us still, mm -hmm. like, you know, we, we've experienced some level or some degree of success, but dude, we're, we're 20, we're 23. We're, mm, yep, you know, exactly. we're still so young. We've got another two lifetimes of this before we reach like some, you know, crazy wise sage of design level. Like there's just, there's so much, there's so much time. There's so much space. Like, because we're young, we can flirt with all kinds of content and new mediums, you know. Mm -hmm. You want you want to throw your stuff on TikTok? Do it. You want to try and squeeze out some value from, like, Twitter or Facebook? You can do it, you know. E even the things where we're like, oh, this is a fading. Like, who's going to, you know, I'm not interested in this. I, there's always value. There's always people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what I've actually been kind of afraid of with starting this podcast is how do I, how am I marketing? Who am I pitching this to? Because right now I'm like, oh, the creative community is most, I feel like mostly on Instagram or, mm -hmm. you know, Dribble or Pinterest. I have no idea how you would self-market content on Pinterest or Dribble, but I, you know, it's like, what's, what's, what's the loss of trying to step into Facebook or mm -hmm. Twitter? You know, like how much time do I have to try and communicate with people? You yeah. Know? And some, so I have that mentality too, or so I'm only 23, but I always feel like I'm behind. Which is a blessing. Well, it's imposter, it's, you know, it's imposter syndrome. It is. You know, where it's, you always feel like you're not part of something mm -hmm. because of X, because of Y. You know, you, you don't feel like your project's good enough. You don't feel like your work experience is good enough. You don't feel like your personal skills or your pitching. I mean, I, everyone sucks at stuff, like, all the time. And the world, yeah. the world is not built out of a bunch of super talented people. It's actually built out of really cohesive teams. That's where mm -hmm. the success happens. Because you don't, have, you can't be perfect in and of yourself. But if you can communicate and work with the people who make up for your shortcomings or for your lack of knowledge, um, I mean, that's that's a successful team. Even even personally, 
mm-hmm. and making sure that you're in a place where you're always learning. Because mm-hmm. that, that's the thing. It's not, am I good now? It's, am I progressing and growing? Yeah, that's so true. Like, I definitely don't have this all together. There's, like, mistakes I make every day, but you have to constantly be learning and improving the process and moving forward. Like, I have a lot of people I look up to in business and design and stuff like that. And they're all like 30, 40, 50, and they've been doing their craft and their business for 15, 20, 25 years. And even then, their their famousness didn't start until like the last like five or eight. Exactly. Where you, you've got, it's, it's exponential where that first, you know, 10 years, like I honestly, I don't expect anything that I do to wind up going anywhere for the first 10 years of my career. First yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah, and anyone that is expecting that, they shouldn't because you're going to be disappointed and you might be doing the th- your craft for the wrong reasons. You know, yeah. your passion is not going to show through that because if you don't enjoy the process, you're not going to enjoy all of it. You know, like you're just going to be disappointed. We, I actually touched on that in the last episode. If you don't enjoy doing, you're not going to enjoy the completion and the completion isn't going to be fulfilling. If the completion is the only thing you're striving for, then you're going to get let down every time. Exactly, like, is it really a story without pain? Like, that's what makes it a good story. That's what makes it a good process. Like, you putting in the work, you doing the, you doing the time, like, making the sacrifices. Like, I wake up every day, well, mostly every day, and I just want to, like, get to work. I want to do yeah, everything. Just, just days, some days you don't wake up. You yeah. sleep till the next day. Just done. Some, I'm not, <laughs> I'm pretty organized, but I'm going to be honest. Like, I sleep in sometimes, and I feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta hustle with it. You gotta keep going with it and not give up. And if you're really passionate about it, like it will happen. Like you're going to put the hours in, you're going to make the sacrifices. And, but the number one thing also is patience. Like you have to do this for two, four, 10 years, like however long it takes, just keep, keep with it. And eventually like your work and your image and brand will yeah. shine through and people will notice it. Because that's, we, we, being young, we don't understand the longevity of things. We don't understand time. We just haven't had enough time to do anything. Mm-hmm. Even within your creative career, the first, like, it's like imagine when you're going back to when you first started designing or making anything, it was a solid three years of I, garbage. That's, oh, that, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what school is, is to give you three years to just get all the crap out of your system yep. as you're learning mm-hmm. and then you finally reach the very end we're like okay now I can go out and produce on a good level yeah and that's what's cool like I like that we have the design program together at Western and is this after... going to be a shameless plug for our program this is... yeah y'all, y'all should <laughs> join but it'll be difficult yeah. you can do it though um, once you do exit college I feel like everyone does have a specific style and I really like that. Like, like Owen and I were talking earlier, like one of our friends, um, he designs logos and stuff and I would see, I would see his work on like vehicles and stuff and I'd be like, I know that guy, like he designed that, that's his style and like it's recognizable and I feel like that's a really good place to be as a designer, like not just like generic design but you making your style, your craft and you know, creating business around that or projecting that to companies and stuff. Yeah. I, I think sometimes we'll, we'll look at like, oh, hey, we want to find our personal style. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a question of 
how are you processing a creative problem? Because if someone is a minimalist, there is a set of ideologies that they are adhering to as they're trying to solve that process. If they're more illustrator, uh, they're you know, much more bright and colorful, there's this idea of energy that they want to be putting out into the world. Like there, there are core things to each person's personality that deeply influence how they solve a creative problem. Because the creative process is insanely personal. It's not some A to B. Uh, I genuinely do believe there there is this little magic point in there where it is you processing information, reframing it and compartmentalizing and then putting that out in some sort of product mm -hmm. or some sort of, you know, logo type, like whatever. It's it's your interpretation. Yeah. And by, by definition, it's unique. Exactly. But people keep thinking that their work isn't unique and we'll just, you know, like, I don't know if you've heard this, nothing is unique. Everything is built off of something else. Mm -hmm. No one, except for the caveman that beat two sticks together and got a pretty red color and started smearing it on a wall, was unique. That's that's really true. Um, like, even my brand, like, there's been other people and other brands that have done similar things, but, like, like Owen said, like, we are, nothing's unique and we're kind of reinterpreting stuff because... The earth has everything in it, yeah. right? So all we do is take what it has and redo it, reinterpret it. Also, humans have really short memory spans, uh -huh. and we forget a lot of things. And so we, we need stuff to get retold to us and repeated all the time. So that's like, that's the nostalgia. Yeah. That's that, why nostalgia uh -huh. is so valuable. It's, but it, you know, like, look at, look at the resurgence of, I don't you know, we'll just go like, say like Minecraft or Pokemon or mm -hmm. any of these things that we kind of enjoyed as a kid. I, resurgence of in fashion you know I, I had a a buddy of mine he's way older than me but he's like I'm seeing kids in high school rocking mom jeans and like <laughs> 80s gear and I'm getting flashbacks when I was in high school and it's like look you know fashion's circular yep it's, it's, all, it's, it's cycles. All cyclical and nothing's new you just gotta put your spin on it put your interpretation on it tweak it yeah. and have fun with it I mean just it's it is you processing information um yeah, and to go on uh, again, I listened to a documentary about Steve Jobs and... Is it, is it the Netflix? Or is it a podcast? I can't remember. It was something on YouTube. Bill Gates put out a documentary. I listened to that one too. That one was good. I need, to, I need to watch that. So what Steve Jobs did, what I thought was interesting, was the computer already existed, yeah. but he looked at it and he was like, all right, how can we make this better? And how can... I put it into my vision, like, because the Apple computer that came out was his vision, mm -hmm. and computers were still around, and they're starting up, but it's cool how he created a company, I think it's, is it valued at a trillion dollars now? It's something like that. Something, something close. ridiculous. But that was literally, like, And when that we was, say company, we, we're talking about Apple. Yes. We're talking about Apple, right? Exactly. Steve Jobs. Like, Apple was the product of Steve Jobs' mind, his experiences, and his thinking. Yeah. Do you think Apple's jumped the shark, going off on a tangent? Because I, I know some people have some really strong opinions about this. Do you think, think they jumped the shark? <laughs> I kind Okay, I'm going to be honest. After Steve Jobs died and passed away, I didn't really like the way they're heading with the company. And even right now, they're taking some steps back because they're trying to emulate what it was before. Mm -hmm. Like, they are changing the keyboard back to what it was before. I think it's is it called the butterfly. Like, are they taking off 
do you mean like the, the actual like click and yeah, feel of it? Or yeah. versus, because I mean the touch bar is great. I love that thing. The, don't the click, please don't take that away. The click and feel of the keys, I think they're actually going back to what it was before, like the older yeah. MacBooks, because they're better and they're more thought out. But yeah, I'm not really a fan of what they're doing right now, but I do like, like, you know, they came out with the Apple Watch. That was totally cool. That's pretty interesting. And that's not when Steve Jobs was around. So they are doing some new stuff, which I like, and changing it. Um, I gotta say, I from a kind of supply and demand perspective, them starting to sell their stuff on third-party websites like Amazon mm-hmm. or you know Best Buy or Amazon, like like their products. They really did not do that for a long time. The only place yeah. you could buy Mac products was from like the Mac store or their online store. Mm-hmm. That to me is kind of an interesting shift in their business mm-hmm. as far as them kind of opening up mm-hmm. the the floodgates which i mean they've always been notorious about really locking down their ip mm-hmm. and even from a developer's perspective um when i was working uh at an internship at a place called ratio i was good friends with one of the ios developer team uh teams and they would complain a lot about how it was really hard to develop for apple because their system for putting out apps and developing apps was really, really tight and controlled versus, you know, just gonna develop for 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 anything Windows or any, you know, any Android is a million times easier. But at the same time that's kind of the problem with the Android, I feel like platform in my opinion, is security. Mm-hmm. Where part of ag part of part of Apple's brand is that they're talking about safety, that you feel like your stuff is locked down and you know, security is a luxury, almost. Yeah, I feel like the reason why Apple is such a closed system, or it was, is, like I said again, it's it was probably Steve Jobs' vision. Mm-hmm. And I I guess I'm kind of like that, too. Like, So, for example... Nice, nice, nice job there comparing yourself to, to Steve-O. Well, let me get Good to that. Good tangent there. Let me get to that. <laughs> I kind of am a control freak a little bit. Well, I guess a lot with my business, like... It has to be a specific style, a specific way. Yeah. Which, which is good but bad. Like, if I mean, if it's your vision, then yeah, you know. Like, I guess what one of my goals for the new year is to, like, release some of that creative control and maybe get more people on board and put their designs in mm-hmm. and delegate tasks to other people because eventually, I do want to have like. Uh, someone to hire and be an assistant and help me. Um, my girlfriend Tanya right now she she does help me a lot with some of the mm-hmm. other tasks while I'm designing like folding shirts and packaging and helping me with that when people get orders. You'd be the next BFA intern. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. If you find if you get a hip enough like office space, then you can probably sell it off as a way to. Yeah, I do. I do really want an office space. I'm in this really small apartment, so, like, I have quite an audience right now on Instagram, like, not as big as I want to be, but just so everyone knows, like, I'm just writing this for my apartment, like, I just have some shelves here yeah. with some inventory, and you guys are buying it, and, like, all the customers, you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. That, shout out to the people who support, because it's been, it's been really fun to see your stuff grow, mm-hmm. and, you know, where, even if it's kind of little things, it's like, hey, you got, you got featured in, what was it, your, like, European Vogue. Oh, it was, not, uh, it was, it was, yeah, explain I that. I did some ad I, space with, um, 
the British GQ magazine. Yeah, so British had, GQ. There we so go. I had like three issues where my shirts were in there, and it was pretty cool. And getting more of that audience, like, to see my work, like, because you're pretty international with a lot of your shipping. Yeah, I have shipped like to many, many countries all around the world. I do have a pretty large audience in Germany, which is cool because. Germany has a rich history with like the Cold War mm -hmm. and the Berlin Wall and all that. I am also like an eighth German, so that's also my blood. And it's really cool to see people like on the other side of the world, like enjoying the brand and like telling their friends about it, yeah. having fun with it. And like it's totally related to me. Like that's like you're like a bonding. You, yeah, it's yours. Oh, I just hit the pop filter there. I'm sorry, audience. <laughs> Um, your, your story is impacting people who also really get your story. And I feel like that must be kind of a special thing. Yeah, it is there. We live in Washington state. That's where we're having this podcast right now. And there is a very large Russian and Ukrainian community, like Slavic community. And that, that also is what the brand is about too. It's not just like Russia and America. It really is like multicultural because yeah. Soviet Union is very multicultural and me being an immigrant and my parents being immigrants like we come here and like people from other countries they know that experience and they know that story so they can relate to like people from all over the world can relate to that and it's also cool like so the community here they also understand the brand pretty mm -hmm. well like the concept and stuff and i, I really like that it's a fun time um dude Thank you so much for, for chatting. This yeah. has been a fun little uh, fun little podcast, especially talking about your story, your brand. So mm -hmm. appreciate it, dude. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll catch you catch you on the next episode.